0: Good morning. Well, throughout Scripture, we can read about how important our thoughts are, about what God believes, what God thinks, about what needs to happen in our minds. Throughout Scripture, you can find a lot of different instances where our minds, human minds, play a big part in how a life turns out and how a situation turns out. We're going to start out today with just a a little group activity. If you're here for the first time, we don't normally say, hey, talk to somebody you don't know when you first come in the door, you know. So, you know, if this freaks you out, we don't do it very often. But we're going to do this little group activity. You're going to talk to your neighbor. And if you don't, it'll just, you know, come on, you can do it. Talk to your neighbor and here's what you're going to ask. Here's what you're going to talk about. Uh, You're going to answer the question, what did you want to be when you grew up? Maybe you haven't figured it out yet. I know older people, some haven't yet. But when you were little, what's that first memory you have of this is what I want to be when I grow up? Well, I have to confess that um, that a guy named Dan Marino took what I wanted to do when I grew up, so I didn't get to do it. But I, I remember i remember Dan Marino is a former quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. I don't know for those of you who don't know that, but that's... Somewhere along the line, I realized that's an ability I don't have, and that's something I'm not able to accomplish. I remember around the ninth grade, I had a teacher who, who took an interest in helping all of his students learn about what they could do. And he would give us these aptitude surveys about here's what you're good at, kind of personality profile things. And then it would come back to you and say, well, here's what you might want to consider. And I remember the day we got ours back and everybody was opening theirs up and I looked at mine. And number one on the list was disc jockey like mom dad guess what I'm supposed to be in life it had some other things on there but it also had here's here are professions that you need to start thinking about and for me it said you need to think about a profession that will put you speaking in front of people well who knew at that time I didn't know what I I had pastor was the last thing I would have thought of at that point in my life but how many of you became what you thought you wanted to be when you were little one, two, I bet you're teachers, right? You're a teacher. Man, they're so dedicated, man. <laughs> The rest of us didn't get to become what we thought we were going to be because somewhere along the line, our thinking changed. What we thought up here changed or the stark reality that we can't throw a football far enough or we're not tall enough to be the center for the Boston Celtics or something like that. Something happened in life and it shifted our thinking. See, our thinking, the way we think in our minds, have this. it's got this huge potential to change our lives for the good or for the bad. Today, I'm going to share with you two verses, just two verses in the whole message that can transform and change your life if you write them down, memorize them. They're very short. You can have them memorized within a few minutes. And if you apply these verses to your life, you'll not only have a better year, you'll have a better life hasn't everyone set some kind of resolution everybody done that because why do we set resolutions why do we do that it it, you know it's the first of the year you know god there's yesterday and today and all that's the same to him but to us this marks the beginning of a new year it's kind of like when you're in college and it marks the beginning of a new semester and you know you're you're all excited I remember I would go and get new notebooks because it was a fresh start and open that up and new pens and and everything brand new and then and at beginning of every semester no matter how bad you messed up the semester before if you didn't do that too many times in a row you got to start again you got to start fresh. And that's why at the beginning of a year, we say, well, I'm going to resolve to do this. And usually in that resolution, it's something about modifying your behavior. Like I, I'm not happy with where I am uh, financially, so I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to take on an extra job, pay off some more debts, shop less, put, more, put less on, less on credit cards. It almost came out wrong but less on credit cards. I'm just going to spend money differently because I'm not happy with where I am financially or maybe find another job. Or maybe it's like, okay, relationally, I'm not happy with where I am, so I want to get somewhere else, so I'm going to modify my behavior so my relationships will be different in my life. Or maybe for you, it's, hey, wait. I really would like to take off some weight or get in better shape. We're going to help you with that this year. If you notice, there's no Krispy Kremes out there. Sorry about that. That's finished. So... For those of you that have that as a goal, you're not going to be tempted when you come to LifePoint to grab, uh, you know, a, how many calories is in Krispy Kreme? I don't, even, don't, even, don't tell me. Don't, there's no reason to no. know. Same as a Big Mac. I know that. So whatever behavior modification that you have in your mind that you want to accomplish in 2010, if, if you never transfer that from an action to something that you really commit to in your mind, it will never happen. Real change in our lives starts in our minds, not with our actions. That's what Jesus believed. Jesus Christ believed that the key to change in a person's life begins up here, in here, in their minds and hearts. You don't have to read the Bible long at all to, to start reading messages that Jesus gave to the masses. The longest recorded message Jesus gave in the new testament is in the first book of the new testament matthew it's in chapter five six and seven called the sermon on the mount and basically all jesus is doing in the sermon on the mount is telling these religious people that they've got it wrong that you religious people are thinking that you can adjust some things on the outside you can modify your behavior a little bit and then everything's going to be okay and he's saying, no, it's not about behavior modification. It's about transforming your heart. So when he talks about whether it's murder or lust or worry or all those things, he's, he's trying to get people to stop focusing on the externals and look inside. So one, for example, he's asking them to think about, okay, you say you don't murder people. And you may, maybe you have never taken a knife and rammed it in somebody's heart, literally. But he says you do it with your words and your thoughts. So Jesus believed if he could get to the center of our thought life and into our hearts and our very souls, that would manifest itself in a different action, in something outward. So he went quickly to the very core. And normally when we think about change, we think about, I'm going to modify some behavior in my life so I can get a desired result. There's something I'm unhappy with in my life, whether it's a relationship or money or weight or whatever the popular things are to resolve to do or not to do in a new year. If I can just modify some of that behavior, then I can get to where I need to be. And Jesus says, and Jesus believes that behavior modification is not the key to changing someone's life. It's heart renovation. And that will change your life more than anything else. Coming to church won't change your life. Reading the Bible won't change your life. What will change your life is a changed mind and a changed heart, allowing God, through Christ, to live and dwell inside you. That will change externals. You can follow rules all day long, but if you leave that out, it's not going to last very long. I remember when I was a teenager, a lot of my friends decided they, they were going to what they call become Christians. But something happened or didn't happen. They didn't really change. They went through some religious ritual and stuff, and were try- they are trying to get me to do it too, and I was like, what, would be a hypocrite? Like, you don't think so. I mean, for them, it was just an external thing to make whoever happy and to make them look good, and they never really changed inside. And God wants the change to begin in our hearts, in our minds, same thing. Our minds and what's in there have the potential to change our life for the good every day or the bad. So we're sitting here at the beginning of a new year saying there's some things in my life I want to change. I want to be different. I want to make different. I want to act different. And the reality is by March you'll get the best deal you could ever get on used exercise equipment, <laughs> Right? I mean, if you're going to buy something, wait till about March and check Craigslist. You get some great deals because all that stuff's clothes hangers in the bedroom, right? That that elliptical machine and that treadmill, they're all just hanging up clothes in the bedroom because it was all about behavior modification. And when it comes to our spiritual lives, it's the same thing. It's not just about showing up at church. It's not just about dropping some money in the bucket, enjoying some songs. It's about allowing God to get into the very fibers of our being and change us. That's when you'll see true change in your life, not by changing some externals, by changing from the inside. So the first verse that you need to think about and commit to memory, memorize, write down, however you need to do it, is in Romans 12, verse 2. This will change your, your year and your life. That's where it says, do not Copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect will. So the Apostle Paul is the guy that wrote this, a follower of Christ. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He believed that the key to a transformed life was not to develop some new habits, but it was to allow God to renew and change your mind. And when God does that, it can change my life. Allowing God to transform my mind can change the very direction of my life. See, here's what happens. If if you don't transform your mind, you'll find yourself just changing external things over and over again. Well, I don't like this, so I'm going to quit this job and go to another one. I don't like this town, so I'm going to quit this go to another one. I don't like this boyfriend, girlfriend, I'm going to quit this go to another Maybe that's a good thing, but sometimes it's not. I don't like this relationship, so I'm going to quit and go to another one. And just over and over, jumping from thing to thing to thing, externally changing environments, thinking this is going to get the desired result I want, when really what we need to do is stop and ask the question, is there something deeper that I need to change? Is there something inside that really needs to change? I've heard people say, you know, I've lived in three different towns and every neighbor's been bad. Every time. Every time. They're rude. They won't talk to me. They're secluded. They're not friendly. Everywhere I go. I've had five different bosses over the past eight years and all of them are jerks. Every one of them. Or... You single guys, I've, maybe you say, I've dated, I've dated five or six women over the past decade, and all of them dumped me, every single one of them. Or I, maybe single ladies, you're saying, I, every guy I dates a jerk. What's the common denominator in all of those situations? What is? Not the boss, not the neighbor, not the boyfriend, not the girlfriend. It's you. You are the common denominator. Maybe you need to set your standards a little bit higher. Maybe you are the one that needs to change. Instead of saying, well, I can't keep a friend. Well, maybe not. Maybe it's not the friend. Maybe it's you that needs to change. Maybe you're the place that it needs to start. See, I found this out in my 42 years of life. I am everywhere I go. Isn't that profound? Isn't that like I've, what else are there that are learning in life, you know? Everywhere I go, I find myself. I've never been anywhere I'm not. you got to write this down. This is good stuff. Share this with somebody. Talk about it around the water cooler. I am, I am everywhere that I am. When I go somewhere, when I'm in a relationship, when I'm in a new town, when I'm developing new friendships, I'm there. So instead of trying to say, I'm going to change every, everything around me, how about I start with the thing, the person that's going to be with me everywhere I am, and that's me. And not just focus on the externals, but look inside and change my thoughts and my heart. That's where God wants to start. He doesn't want to start with just changing what's on the outside of us. He wants to start on the inside and let that change the outside. Our thoughts can, Our thoughts do determine our attitudes and our actions. They really do. Be honest. Most of the time when you find yourself doing something that you shouldn't be doing, something that you you know is wrong, you probably already played it through in your mind. Whether you're in the middle of a a big gossip session or viewing something you're not supposed to view or being somewhere doing something you're not supposed to do, you probably thought about it or fantasized about it first before you ever did. It's rare that a a clear-thinking adult gets in the middle of a situation and says, well, I had no idea. I had no idea this was wrong. Oh, I'm very sorry. Can I get a redo? Usually, it's because you thought about it first. And I have, I have actually sat with people who have made huge moral, ju- terrible moral judgments. Huge judgments that impacted many people. And maybe not in these exact words, but in different words, every person who has repented, and been restored, says... Stop it in your mind. How could you have kept from doing this? I'll ask. And in one way or another, they say, if I would have never let it go in my mind, if I would have never let those wheels go and turn and turn and turn and turn and turn turn until it turned into a fantasy or, or whatever, then I wouldn't be sitting where I am today. They would say, stop it in your mind. Because my thoughts affect my actions and my attitudes. See a positive thoughts that comes out in positive attitude and actions. Negative thoughts, negative attitude and actions. Now you might say, "Well, that sounds kind of sounds a little self-helpish, a little bit psycho-babble-ish." But that's what God believes. He believes that if we think about the right things and focus internally on the right things, that is going to come out as the right action the other way around won't work. That leads us to our second verse that'll transform your year and your life. It's found in the book of Philippians chapter 4 verse 8, and it says this, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. All of those things are internal. They take place in our minds and in our hearts. And this is The same writer, the Apostle Paul saying, earlier he says, let God transform your mind. And then he says, here are the things you need to think about. You need to think about these types of things. Because when you fill your mind and thoughts with those types of things, what's going to come out? What goes back to Jesus saying, a good tree bears good fruit and a bad tree bears bad fruit. That's just the way it works. If something's a mess on the inside, it's not going to bear good fruit. And if it's good on the inside, it's not going to bear bad fruit. We're talking about spiritual health, our spirituality. That's what, I mean, we can have resolutions all day long and I hope you lose the weight and save the money and all that kind of stuff. But but the true change in our life, since we're at a time where everybody's thinking about resolutions and renewing, can take place when we start to allow God to transform our minds. Jesus Christ knew that the key to a changed life starts with the heart. That's why when religious leaders came up to him trying to trick him and, and they said, Jesus, what's the most important command? Just tell us. Tell us what the most important thing is to do. They, they were probably there with their with their you know chisel and you know tablet or whatever. And they're ready to write down this is what Jesus says is most important. And what he says has nothing to do with externals. It's not an action you can go do. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Jesus knew that if I can get them loving God that intensely, oh, well, then the externals, they'll just take care of themselves. You won't have to tell people hey, don't do this bad thing or that bad thing. You won't won't have to tell people, don't lie. You won't have to tell people, don't cheat. You won't have to tell people to help people who are worse off than they are. You don't have to tell people that when they love the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. You don't have to go through all of those external things. You don't have to say, go to church and worship me. You don't have to say, put money in the bucket. You don't have to say, take communion every week. You don't have to do that. Because people... Who love God the way Jesus says love God. And take care of the internal first. The external just flows from it. That's God's plan for renovating our hearts. He's not really concerned with you know, behavior modification. Because he knows with the, the, the right renovation of the heart. All that behavior will take care of itself. It's kind of hard to believe and live and practice in a world that sees it just the opposite that the external is where it's all at what you see on the outside that's what our world our culture would say this is what's important it's like the story of a lady who who in her mid-50s just died heart attack dead and she has this out-of-body experience and she literally is, is in front of God in her mind or wherever she went, saw this bright light. And, and this voice said, it is not your time. You've got 30 more years to live. And then she woke up. <clears throat> and she thought, well, I've got 30 more years. I can get to do something with this body. You know, I don't think I going to make it 30 years. So she goes to the best plastic surgeon and she gets the, the liposuction and the hair color and the cheek lift and the brow thing and the, the eyes and the chin. All that stuff gets done. And she's walking out of the surgeon from her last procedure. She walks out into the street in front of a car, gets hit, and dies. Laying in the hospital again, sees the bright light, goes, and she's standing before God. And this time she's upset, and she said, God, I thought you said I had 30 more years. Why did you let me get hit by that car? And he said, I didn't recognize you. (laughs) You thought that was a real story for a second, didn't you? Did I have you? Because that's the way the world thinks about change. The outside, that's the way our culture thinks about, I'm going to change something. It's on the outside. It's just modifying behavior. But that's not what it says in Romans chapter 12. It says, do not copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect will. The word in that, in that scripture, transform, comes from a Greek word, which the New Testament was originally written in, that's pronounced metamorphos. That's where we get our word metamorphosis or morph. What this verse is saying is God wants to morph you in to a new person by getting inside your mind and inside your heart. Change the way you think. That word can also be translated renew or renovate. Jesus is more concerned about renovating our heart than adjusting our behavior. Because a renovated heart automatically just has different behaviors and different things on the outside. Did you ever, anybody ever remodel a house? And the first house my wife and I bought, it, it wasn't even livable. You had to gut the whole thing start all over again. And, and and I can remember with all the dust and the mess and not even being able to live in it thinking this is never going to get done for the rest of our lives, you know. We're just going to go visit this place that we're sinking all this money into and it just it just looked like it was never going to finish. And then one day I stop and look and there's new carpet and paint and kitchen and bathrooms and all that new smell was there. But that didn't happen overnight. So this house we bought was morphed from this place you couldn't even live in to something that we enjoyed calling home. But it didn't happen overnight, and it won't happen overnight in your life either when it comes to renovating your heart, to morphing you into a new person. That's God's resolution for you, is that you allow Him to have so much control of your thought life and your soul that you are morphed into a new person externally. See, most people give up on their resolution because they don't see results. Oh, well, I don't see quick enough results. But by allowing God to transform us in our minds, we will see external results that nothing else will bring. So whatever your resolution is for the year, I hope you lose the weight, I hope you stop spending the money, I hope the relationship's healed, whatever it is. But the best one you can make is to commit your life to these two verses and say, I'm going to allow God to transform the way I think. And here are some things the Bible tells me to think about. Philippians 4 verse 8 says, Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Allowing God to transform my mind can change the direction of my life. I could think of no better way to live out a new year and the rest of our lives than to be committed to that and experience real change. Let's pray. God, thank you for these two simple verses that make it so clear where change needs to start. Father, as we chronologically begin a new year and in our minds think of new and fresh and new beginnings, Father, I pray that we could make today a new beginning, that we are going to change the way we think, and we are going to allow you total rule over our thoughts and over our souls. Father, I pray for that person that's sitting here right now that's just struggling with their thought life. Whether it's thinking positively or thinking about things that should never enter our minds or consequences or whatever they're dealing with. God, I pray that they own your words, that you will transform us. And you will change the way we think when we totally release our heart and our mind to you.